Good morning, girls and boys. Good morning, girls and boys. Good morning, girls and boys. Do any of you notice anything different about my address to you this morning? You see, within our Hampton Court House community, there is, I'm pleased to say, a girl with a keen ear. And recently I received an official complaint about my assemblies. I have to say it was a very polite complaint and it went something like this. Um, Dear Guy, I love your assemblies, but why do you always say good morning boys and girls instead of good morning girls and boys? Well, I, I confess I felt rather under attack. I mean, after all, we say, we say knife and fork, not fork and knife, um, um, uh, bread and cheese and not cheese and bread. Uh, but in fact, this girl, who, who shall remain nameless, though she of course knows who she is, um, she raises a valid point. For language is subtle. It pervades and can be insidious and insinuating, specious and concealing, presumptuous and fallacious, deceptive and spurious, erroneous and casuistic, all in the service of sophistry. For language can be biased, prejudiced and discriminatory, and sometimes in ways we hardly notice. Now, in terms of sexism and language, we have, well, we've come a long way since the, the 1970s and, and early 80s when people would not refer to a doctor who was a woman as a doctor, um, but as a woman doctor. And um, gender scholars do indeed argue that English, for all its beauty and flexibility, is nevertheless a language made by men for men. And some of these scholars argue with the sole purpose of representing and perpetuating a male point of view. And without question, there are some uncomfortable um, matters to answer for. Um, there do seem to be far more derogatory terms for girls and women than for boys and men. Um, hussy, slag, slapper. Um, a, a man is a bachelor, suggesting freedom and even desirability. A woman is a spinster, suggests um, prissiness and repression. And that's even before we get to the language of um, she's an old maid. The problem is when women are marginalised by language, or even made invisible. And my correspondent argues that a teacher, a head teacher, who always says boys and girls, is planting a seed of thought, however unconscious, that boys come before girls. And I agree with her. Even if it's only a seed, it needs to be challenged. Language can define women's position as inferior in relation to men. And we know from cognitive research um, that language and the way people use it has a profound influence on the way we see the world and the way in which we all grow up. Um, a man is assertive. Well, that's considered a good thing in a man. But um, if a woman exhibits the same quality, all too often she is deemed, by men of course, as aggressive. Um, a man is passionate, 
but a woman is emotional, and so on. And I'm sure you can think of your own examples, and I, I do urge you to keep a, a keen ear out for, for such uses of language. The best-selling author of our time, J.K. Rowling, of Harry Potter fame, well, she struggled, as you know, to get her first novel, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, into print. It was turned down by numerous publishers. Eventually, Bloomsbury chose to publish it. But the marketing department did not want the novel to be published by Joanne Rowling, but rather by J.K. Rowling. In short, a financial decision was made that people, especially boys, would buy the books if they thought it was written by a man and would be put off if they thought it was written by a woman. It's astonishing, even even today. So, in terms of subtle, perpetuated biases, I am grateful to my correspondent, and I shall listen to myself with renewed attention, and perhaps as a message for us all to listen afresh, and not in, a, in an accusatory or overly politically correct way, for there must be balance in all things, but simply with an ear for detail and nuance. I will certainly aim to have in future a balance between the times I say boys and girls and girls and boys. So thank you and have a good day everyone.